0: Chapter 5. We are, this is lesson 43 in our study in Romans, and we're only into chapter 5. So, but when we come into chapter 5, we come into probably one of the most wonderful chapters in all of Scripture. Not, not only in Paul's epistles, but in all of Scripture, uh, sits right here. And if you we'll just start reading, uh, therefore, being justified by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulation also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man one would even dare to die. But God committed His love toward us, and not while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, being now justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. For if, when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, much more, being reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. And not only so, but we also joy in in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. And that passage, the first 11 verses there, this is all about believer security, uh, eternal security. It actually started in chapter 4 when Paul was dealing with Abraham. At uh, the end of that chapter, where he begins to come down, and he's talking about Abraham and the issue of resurrection, the issue of eternal life. And for the very first time, you find out here in, in verse number 5 that we have the Holy Ghost, that the Holy Spirit which was given to us. Never, not, nowhere prior to this do you see a Gentile have the Holy Spirit. Now, you'll get a taste of it in Acts 10 with Cornelius, with Peter, though. But not until you come to Paul do you know that the Gentile now has the opportunity to have the Godhead dwell within him. And you see it right here. We've just come out of the, the courtroom. The judge has given the verdict, Paul has presented all of the evidence. The judge, God, has allowed man to object and to make his defense. And he's still guilty at the end. Paul then presents Abraham and David as those evidence of that God is just and the justifier. By now bringing in his, and and the same righteousness that condemned man is now that same righteousness that is going to give man the plea deal. Put the deal on the table, the propitiatorial act of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then at the end, in chapter 4, now, as we come through at the end of that, now into chapter 5. And in chapter 5, we see really two phrases that come up. If you look there in verse 1, therefore being justified by faith, notice the two words, we have. See that? Drop down to verse 9. First two words, much more. So in chapter 5 now, we're going to find out the benefits, the benefits of being justified. We're going to see the benefits of our justification and then the much more, the much assurance that God wants all of us to understand that we possess right now as a present possession. We're not trying to strive for it. We're not trying to earn it. We get it, as verse 15 says, but not as the offense, so also is the free gift. And what's wonderful about chapter 5, as we're going to look at just the first two verses this morning, is that we can never offend the justice of God ever again, okay? That's what chapter 5 is really about, Well, but wait a minute, Rick. I still sin. Yeah, but you don't offend the justice of God. Why? Verse 1. Therefore being what? Justified. Done deal. Exactly. So because we are justified, the courtroom has been adjourned. (laughs) All right? Now, the courtroom didn't empty out because Paul is begging the court's uh, indulgence here, and he's going to give us... 11 more chapters of stuff that we need to pay attention to. You're in a courtroom. I don't know if you've ever been in court before. It's a little daunting. It's a little scary, especially when you're on the wrong side of the, of the bench, <laughs> at the wrong table, you know, at the defendant table. It's, 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 it's daunting. It's overwhelming. And yet you also, when you're in that situation, even as a juror, what are you doing? You're paying attention to every little detail. And that's literally what Paul's going to do here. The court has been adjourned. The guilt is in. We've learned, if you look back at chapter 4, verse 22, and therefore it was imputed to him, Abraham, for righteousness. Now it was not written for his sake alone that that it was imputed to him, verse 24, but for us also to whom it shall be imputed, You see, what did we learn? Hey, the the imputation of righteousness, the, the forensic accounting of it, was happened to Abraham prior to him being circumcised so he could be the father of all them that are of faith. And faith begins to be the issue. Now, verse 24, if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. You see, the object of our faith is God. Notice that, that verse very carefully. To whom it shall be imputed if we believe on Him. Who's the Him? The Father that did what? Raised up the Lord Jesus Christ. See, so we're talking about the object of our faith is God, the Godhead. Not only the Father, but what did the Lord do? He did the propitiatorial act. He took care of and He paid that price. And we're to believe... See, then it becomes the content of our faith. The content of our faith is that dispensational thing about what is God saying to us today? Well, what's He saying? Verse 25. Who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. You know, it's interesting that we are to believe what God said. And what did God say? He died to pay your price, to pay the penalty, and then I resurrected him up so that it would be paid in full and I can give you justification and all you have to do is believe me. Now look at John 3.16 real quick. because And and compare John 3.16 with Romans 4.25. I'm I'm sorry, verse 24. Because everybody goes to John 3.16. All right. It used to be at the ball games, you'd see the posters. I don't think they allow those in the the building anymore. John 3 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth, what's that little word next? In. Not on him, but what? In him. See? What did 424 tell us? If we believe on him. See, a little different. Actually, not a little, a lot different. Okay? See, if I'm going to believe in him, what am I doing? I'm believing in who he is and who he says he is. Right? Who does he say he is in in the Gospels? The Messiah, Israel's King, Israel's Deliverer, Israel's Redeemer, Israel, Israel. But what about on him? Now what am I believing when I believe on something, on him, what am I believing? What he did. His activity. His actions. Romans 4, what did he go do? Romans 3, what did he go do? He went and, well, verse 425, and go back to Romans 4, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. You see, the content of our faith is believing what God has said about his beloved son. When he was made sin, 2 Corinthians 5.21, he was made sin for who? For us. He didn't, who knew no sin, that we might be made righteous. And I told you that, that word made, take something that's a natural thing and push it into something that isn't. It's natural thing, <laughs> you know. You think about woodworking. I was looking at some stuff over this week, and I, I, you, you take a tree, you cut it down. By the way, it does make noise in the woods, okay. At least the videos say it does, all right. And then you mill it, and you come out with these boards, and what do you do? What did you do? You made something, didn't you? You took some, its natural condition, and you made it into something that is not natural for its natural condition. He took the sinner, you and I, and what did he do? We believe on him. And what did he do? He makes something unnatural out of you, and that's a believer. So when you come into chapter 5, verse 1, therefore... What do we conclude here? What's going on here? Therefore being justified by faith. You know, the assumption by Paul here in Romans 5 verse 1 is that you believe. That's the assumption. The assumption isn't that, by the way, if you don't believe, where do you got to go? You got to go back to chapter 1, don't you? See, he's assuming when you hear the gospel of your salvation, what is it? The gospel of your salvation, that you trust it, that you believe it. Being justified. By the way, justification is a possession, it is not a process. Okay? It's a possession. Be, that's what that therefore being is, the being is about. Being. Either you are or you're not. And if you're not justified, you've got to go back to chapter 1, go back to court, got to go back and prove your case down through it again. He's assuming that you are justified as you keep reading. Therefore, being, to be, the fact of existence. This is who you be now. Who were you? For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We've therefore proved all, both Jews and Gentiles, all are what? Under sin, guilty. Now you be what? Now you're justified. Now you're declared righteous. And again, justification is a process. It's it's not a, it's not, I'm sorry, it's a possession, not a process. Okay? And, And the reason I say that is because God does not justify on a long, drawn-out process of you earning it. Okay, that's what religion tells you. Religion says you need to come to church. You need to go through catechism to be baptized, to be accepted into the church. See, that's a process. What's the Lord say? What's the Father say? Just believe me. Believe that he did what he said he was going to do. See, religion says you either have it or you don't. Now how? Therefore being justified, how, how do we have justification? By, see how the verse just tells you everything you need to know? It's a wonderful verse. By faith. Simply believing what God is telling the sinner. And what does he tell the sinner? You're guilty, and I have made a, way, a plea deal. I like that plea deal. I'm, I've give, here's the deal. Here's the deal. On the table, we've been watching reruns of uh, Blue Bloods, the TV show with Tom Selleck. You know, nothing's on the, with the COVID. Everybody's kind of shut everything down, so we're, we're we we decided to go back at season one. Those guys were young back then, <laughs> ten years ago. You know, it's like wow. But you know, there's the assistant DA, and what is she doing? Here's the deal, take it. Well, I don't want to take it. Okay, we'll see you in court. See. That's what what the Lord's doing. Here's the deal. Take the deal. The deal is is that the sentence of guilt, the sentence of judgment, I have satisfied. Now Paul, verse 5, verse 1, is going to begin to list our benefits. We have. Therefore, being justified. Because of who we are now, we have. And and again, Paul lists some things here. And and, and again, you get down there and much more. (laughs) And I'm sitting there going, what could be much more? Look at verse number 9. Just what could be be more better than being justified? Verse 9, much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Isn't that wonderful? You know what's better? What's much more of a benefit than being justified? Being saved from the wrath. That's wonderful. Much more. Down there in verse 10. For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of a son. Much more. Being reconciled. Having our situation. We shall be saved by his what? What? You see, God just didn't save you to get you out, keep you out of hell. He's got a much more plan for you. see? And that's what Paul's going to get into because what we're going to learn as we get into five is we're going to be transitioning into six, seven and eight in, in our sanctification, our walk. and what we begin to learn is that our walk of faith is based on what we've been learning in the first five chapters, okay? I told the kids on Monday night, they're kids to me, they're all you, half my age, so they're kids. I told them on Monday night, I said, you know, we're going slow through this first part of Romans because when we start in life stuff, you got to have this stuff there. Because how can he say in chapter 6, verse 11? Look over there. How can he say, chapter 6, verse 11? Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin. How can he say that? Because what have we learned in Romans 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5? That we are what? Dead to sin. Because we're where? We're, we're being, therefore, being justified. But alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now we've got to go life. So in chapter 5 here, what we're really beginning to learn about is our state, our standing we have. We, we're going to begin to learn about our standing and our state as they say it, okay our position and and or uh, and our practice. and those two are connected, okay, but they're also separate because Have you ever gone in to the auto mechanic and he says, you need an alignment done on your vehicle because your tires are wearing weird? When you're in alignment, everything wears properly, everything wears equally, everything functions. When you're out of alignment, what do you get? Cattywampus, you're all over the place, right? Same thing in your spiritual life. When your state and your standing are in alignment with each other, guess what? Things are smoothing, even when the rough water, the road's rough. But what usually happens is they get out of alignment, and then everybody's miserable. Because what happens is is our state, what we begin to think about, because we're, we're human, is that if I live a certain way, I'm going to gain something. Okay? That's usually how it works, isn't it? If I live right, man, if I do this, if I'm reading three chapters a day, boom, 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 you know, blessings are going to fall from heaven. You know, God never promises your Christian life to be easy. Actually, he tells you it's going to be just the opposite. Over there in the Philippians, he says, not only is it given unto you to believe on me, but also to suffer. For my sake, see. Chapter 8 of Romans, look over there. Oh, my goodness. Woo-hoo. You know, people get their heads in the clouds thinking, you know, everything's wonderful. And then you start reading Romans eight eighteen. For I reckon that the suffering of this, wait a minute, the suffering of this present. What do you mean suffer? Don't you know I'm naming, claiming it? I'm back there in Israel's program. And woo, everything's blessings. Showers of blessings are falling on my head. <laughs> I don't think falling on your head is a bunch of rocks. You know, you see what happens here in chapter 5, come back there to Romans 5, is that we're going to discover that we have a state. That's why he starts with we have. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have. Here's our state, here's who we are in Christ. Okay? And then we're going to move into talking about our standing, the details of life. Because of being justified, being in Christ, we are, we have. And you know what's wonderful? When you understand what we have, you're designed, you are to just simply relax in that. I don't know if you've ever thought about, look back at chapter 3, verse 25. 325, whom God has set forth, whom God, that's the Father, has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood. When God the Father and the Son have their discussion about Calvary, the propitiatorial act, do you know that the Father, once they were done talking about it and it was decided to be done, do you know that the Father never fretted about that ever again? He never worried about it. He never went over and said, hey, hey, Jesus, you're still on board, right? <laughs> if not, i got to sign contract, dude. You're stuck. He never said that. We do that, don't we? We fret about everything. And yet, what, did, what, does, the, what does the Godhead do? They just what? Relax. We're going to see down in verse 2, go back to chapter 5, by faith, Uh, We have access by faith into this grace. You see, folks, we have to learn to just relax. We have to learn to stand where God has placed us. Here's our state, verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have, what? Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Wow, peace with God. That's pretty, that's, that's pretty good. But you know what? It gets better. Verse 2. By whom also, by whom, the Lord Jesus Christ, also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. Access. Again, it's by what? It's by faith. All of this is by faith. You and I believing and op- positively responding to what God's word says to us today as members of the church the body of Christ access the same faith that gave us justification the same faith that gives us peace with God is the same faith that gives us access into who we are in him this grace and in verse 2 Here's the third component, and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So we have peace, right? We have access, and we have hope. Isn't that wonderful? The three great things that the psychology world says that man needs, he just provided for you. Psychology says that you need a secure peace. Lasting peace. Why do you think they, everybody frets and we just got to have peace? That's why the chaos and the turmoil, everybody's up in arms about it. Why? Because it's not what? Peaceful. See? Then they say that you have to have a secure purpose in life. There's the access. Then they, have, then they say you have to have a secure hope. I'm watching a show them kind of late to the I told you nothing's on TV anymore you know you watch enough dirty Harry Clint Eastwood movies you're okay but you know you get some of those guys but there's a show on the History Channel called Alone I don't know if you've seen it or not but they dump people off all over Vancouver Island is where we're at now because we're only in season three and you know what happens they are literally alone no camera crew they do the cameraing themselves and all this stuff. And you know what's interesting? As you, as you watch people be people, okay, they freak out. Now, they have a hope because they got a little stat phone, satellite phone. They can call and say, I'm tapping out. Come and get me, you know. But you know what they're doing? they got to get their own stuff together. They gotta get their own place, their shelter, they gotta find food, they gotta do, and winter's coming, and oh on, you know, the, the music's getting tenser and all this stuff, you know. And the thing is, is it's it's beats Survivor. You ever watch that show Survivor? Anyway, you're not missing anything. Survivor, the Survivor show, it's what, 30-something years old, almost 40 seasons or something. When it first came out, they did a blooper on it, and the cameraman panned and you saw all of the white tents behind everybody for the crew and the catering and everything. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's really re- reality, you know. So it's a show. It's, it's made to get you, and it was an interesting p- p- concept. But the Salon stuff, the Salon show is a lot different. They're out there doing this and that, and, you know, they're, they're down in uh, Patagonia, which what is that, South America, Argentina area, And they're worried about the puma. The puma's going to give you, and all this stuff. And I'm like, and that and the wild boar. And I'm like, well, where's your 30-odd-six when you need it? Well, you can't bring one of those. You can bring a bow and arrow. But what did they do? There's no peace. Why? Because everything's chaotic in their life. You know what God the Father did? The moment that he justified you, he gave you a standing he gave you a position in Christ that says, you have peace, I'll give you some access, and you have a hope. Come over. This, that on the board is our standing in Jesus Christ because of who we are, because we're being, we are justified. Then we have a state. Come over to Galatians 2. Galatians 2, verse 20. This verse hangs on the back wall for a reason, and so does Colossians two ten for a reason. But when you read Galatians two twenty, you in this verse you have your standing and your state. In this verse, he says, "I am crucified with Christ; nevertheless, I live." Now that's going to be Romans six, okay. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. Now the not I, that's Romans 7. And then the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, that's going to end up being Romans 8. But think about it in where we're at in Romans 5. I am crucified with Christ. I am what? Justified. That's my, that, there's my standing. That's who I am. Not I. Nevertheless, what? I live. So this is not me, crawl, me crawling on the altar. I, I am on the altar in a propitiatorial manner. It's been imputed to me. But Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, there's our state. The details of life. And when the details of life aren't in a line with my standing in Christ, who I am, because the details... Then everything gets out of out of womp. just you know, gets kind of. I had a bald tire. Come back to Romans five one time on my little Volkswagen, and when I would hit the flat spot, it, the whole car would go. <laughs> so if I go faster, it was you know. If I go slow, it was you know. You know I I didn't know I was a dumb kid who knew what that was. I just drove it, and one day it went flat, and the womp went away, <laughs> you know. So did the car. <laughs> because it went down the hill. But the thing is is our standing in our state. So go back to chapter 5. Here's where we stand. And honestly, we this is critical in our understanding. Therefore being justified by faith. And again, this is all by faith. This is nothing about you earning it. That's that's why I said it's a possession not a process, not where you got to do A to get to B to get to C. There's not a process. Uh, Last weekend, we were elk hunting, and and in archery, there is a process, okay? And you do it very quickly, just as there is if you hunt with a long gun. This isn't a process. This is by faith. This is a possession. We have peace with God. Now, the peace with God part, uh, th- that's tremendous. Uh, come back over with me to chapter 1. Because it's a great, I, I, again, state, standing, sorry, not state, standing. Here's where we're at. Chapter 1, verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth. In un-. You see how the wrath of God was revealed and we talked about all that and we went down through that. Now in 5.1, what do we have? Peace. So how did we go from wrath of God to peace? Who's in the middle? Calvary. Okay? An identification of what is really your condition. And I'll be honest with you, folks, that is a relief. That is a mechanism to understand that at one time I was at odds with God, and now I'm in communion with him, peace with him, because of what Christ did in the middle, not because of what I did. You see, look at how God looks at me now. What did he look at me like in chapter 1 and chapter 2? Well, drop down there to verse 10, 5, 10. If when we were enemies, (laughs) we weren't friends, Back over there in John, when we get down in that verse there, when he says, verse 7, for scarcely for a righteous man will one dare to die, yet peradventure, you know, he says over there, I've come to die for my friends, and you're my friends. You and I weren't there when he said that. Talking to, to the apostles, to the little flock. In the sight of God, what am I? Five, one. therefore being what? In the sight of God, I am righteous, aren't I? When when God's justice looks at me, what does he see? A righteous person. Boy, what a relief. So I stand before the throne, the Godhead, as what? Justified as a righteous man. As someone who, by faith, has come the way God said for man to come to him. So what do I get? What's my standing? Peace. Peace. But not just any peace. But peace with who? With God. Because what happens in life? Do we have peace in life all the time? No. <laughs> Heaven's no. Quadruple no. Big no, you know. But who do I have to worry about? God. Because this stuff going on right now, will go, it'll go away eventually. It'll pass. But I have peace with God. Again, it has nothing to do with what I did or do. (coughs) It has everything to do with His activity. All of that has been settled. Look over at chapter 2. The wrath of God has been appeased. (coughs) Chapter 2 of Romans, verse number 3. And thinkest thou this, O man, that judgest them which do such things, and doest the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God. Verse, The end of verse 5. Well, verse 5. But after thy hardness and penitent heart treasureth up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. All that's been dealt with, hasn't it? When you come back to chapter 5, when we get down to verse 9, We've been justified, but much more, we've been saved from the wrath to come, haven't we? Why? Because we have peace with God now. Then, verse 2, 5 2. By whom also we have access, again, by faith, into this grace wherein we stand. Again, what's our standing? We have peace. Now we have access, we have a pathway. We have, we have God the Father opening the door that allows us to have free entrance into our standing, this grace. He, does, he Have you ever gone up to the door, like the movie theater, and you want to get in, and what do they ask you for? Your ticket. Well, I have a ticket. Go see the front desk and get you a ticket. Can't let you in without a ticket. Right? What did 425 say? He was, resurre- was raised again for our what? Justifi- justification, right? For- you know what? My ticket. I got my ticket. You know who it is? It's the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know what happens? Now we have access. Great, great computer word. Your Bible... 1611 has already computer terminology in it, way before there was ever a computer. Access. What do you do? You sit down, you open it up, and it says to get in, we need a password. I started using the pen things, the numbers, a little easier to remember. (laughs) Birthday, you know. (laughs) Right? Then password, right? What do you do? You punch in your password, and now what do you have? You have access, but then you go over there and you forgot you locked the file down because you didn't want, you hit the wrong button in my case. So what do you do then? I call Ricky. Hey, I need help. (laughs) And he goes, Dad, I'm I'm working. I know, but I still need help. (laughs) No, what do you got to do? You got to do what? You got to gain. He says you have access into this grace. It's what saved us. This grace. But now it's all, look look there at verse 15, 515. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man. Jesus Christ hath abounded unto many. What would the gift by grace be? Eternal life. Resurrection life, new life. This grace, a component of this grace. The message given, Paul says in Ephesians three. You've heard of the dispensation of grace that was given to me to you. Word that that the word the thing here about th- into this grace isn't it, it's the whole program. It's the wholeness of it, not just the free gift. That's why fifteen's got that word and. The gift of grace in there. Because it's more than just, for by grace are you saved through faith. Now it's, it's the whole thing. And you know what we can do? Now we can have access into his life. Now we have access into everything. All of it. It's all open. Now, in Romans 5, he doesn't give us any more details. He just says, by faith into this grace. This is the outline. The rest of Paul's epistles, you know what he does? He dumps in the details. He says, here's the details. Here's the outline, and now here's the details. Specifically, we're going to see it over there in chapter 6, 7, and 8. We'll get into, come over to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. You see, When he says access here, by the way, in the Old Testament, how did Israel have access to God? Who did they have to go through? The priest and the temple worship. You know know who we go through? Who we are in Christ. We go through the Holy Spirit. We go through the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't have to go down to the local preacher, thank heaven, who knows what he's going to tell us. You know, yeah, right. You don't have to agree so quickly back there. Let's see. Ephesians 2, direct access is right. Verse 18. For through Him, we both have access by one Spirit unto the Father. Again, how? By faith. Romans 5, 2. Ephesians two eighteen. For through Him... That'll be, verse 16, into one body by the cross having slain, and that he, that's, that's going to be the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 13, but now in Christ Jesus, ye who were sometimes afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Now what do we have? We have access. Verse 18, by one spirit, Unto the Father. You know, now we're, 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 again, chapter 3 of Ephesians, verse 12. In whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of Him. Because of the Lord Jesus Christ, we have what? Access. Because of the Holy Spirit, what do we have? Access. 5-2, because of the Father, what do we have? access and we have access into the life into his life that's why that thing in galatians two twenty. i live by the i'm sorry the life which i now live right it's not i but christ liveth in me it's his life now go back to romans 5 so what do we have we have peace and we have access We have the Holy Spirit. We have the Son, the Father, and the Spirit. The Godhead dwells within us, Ephesians 4. And now we can do what? Now we can go in and we can access those benefits. We can access the wealth that we have in Christ. And he says, I've given you that because you're what? Justified. Therefore being justified. You know, you get a new job. What are my my bennies, right? That's what everybody wants to know. I'm waiting for one day when they just say, you get nothing but a job and a paycheck. (laughs) Live with it. You know, it ain't going to happen, but deal with it. No, what do do I get? Ephesians 1, verse 3, what do you get? All spiritual blessings. Colossians 2, what do you get? Complete in Him. 1 Corinthians 9, all sufficiency and all grace and all things. (laughs) You're completely... Equipped to, de- to deal with the details of life as long as you're standing in your state or in line. Once they get out of alignment, you've got to get them back in aligned. Then he says, verse 2, and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Hope that. That wonderful expectation of a future event that we know is going to happen because the word of God tells us it's going to happen. Usually we talk about and we think about the rapture. The new body, the redemption, the adoption and so forth. But here he has that in mind don't get me wrong, but there's hope of something. In hope of the glory of God. Now again, he's not given details he's, this is You know, letter A, peace, letter B, access, letter C. And then we're going to sub-fill in as we go through the the sound doctrine. Because here, it's hope of the glory of God. It's a hope in in a particular thing, the glory of God. Come over to Romans 8. It's not just having hope, because it doesn't say that. It says, Rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So the hope has a, has a string attached to it, if you will, and it's the glory of God. Look at Romans 8, verse 17. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and join heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also, what? Glorified, next word though, Together. See, there's the hope of the glory of God to be glorified what? Together. See, not just hope of the glory of God. Woohoo! we give God the glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah. No, it's the hope of something. It's much deeper than just, you know, what religion, the, the facade stuff. Verse 18, For I reckon that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us, glorified together. See, when we rejoice in hope, we're literally rejoicing in the fact that the the glory that the Father has extended to the Son, He has extended the same to us, heirs of God and what? joint heirs with Christ. The glory that God the Father is going to give God the Son, he says, I'm going to also give it to you, church, the body of Christ, because, what, because you are, what, justified. You're mine. I've declared you righteous. I want you to understand that there's something bigger going on than just saving your soul from hell. There's a hope of the glory of God. Look down at verse 29. By the way, verse 17, that word glorified, past, present, or future tense? Past. It's already done. I told you last week or two weeks ago that God, things that God has seen as already done, we haven't experienced it yet, but in God's mind, what is it? It's done. Remember that passage? Okay? Okay? Verse 29. For whom he did foreknow, he did also predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, and whom he called, them he also justified, and whom he justified... Notice all the past tense. It's already done. Those he justified... Them he also glorified. It's already been accomplished in God's sight. We haven't in ours, but in God's sight, you know what? It's a done deal. So when he talks there, come back to Romans 5, about the hope and rejoice and hope of the glory of God. Again, that identity, identity, idea is. That the same glorification that God the Father has for his son, he's also given it to you and I. Now, Israel, now by the way, it's a possession, present possession. Israel, they have the same glory, by the way. They have the same condition. Problem is, is they don't possess it now. They're waiting for that earthly kingdom to be established. Then they possess it. Okay? Come on Matthew, Wednesday night on Matthew's study, we've been talking about some of that. They've been promised it, they just don't get it until the end. We've been promised and given to us right up front. We're front-loaded in the benefit package. Okay, Our golden parachute is in the beginning. (laughs) We don't have to wait till the end. It's there. Now, there's one more. If you look down at verse 5, and we're just going to touch on this um, briefly here. Verse 5, and hope maketh not a shame, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. You see that love of God shed abroad in our hearts? Because we've been declared, we've been declared justified, now the love of God can do what? Shed abroad in our hearts. You see, people get this idea about, well, God is love. Well, yeah, but that doesn't get you saved. What got you saved? Calvary got you saved. Okay, so now the love of God can do what? Shed abroad in our hearts. And what begins to fill up our heart, what begins to grip our heart is this issue now of the love of God. That is, verse 5 has been called the grip of grace. Because what, what motivates us now to go and to bring our state, the daily life, into alignment with our standing? What motivates us? The love of Christ constraineth us. The, the love of God is what now, is now going to come along and motivate us to move. As we now are going to begin to move out, we're we're talking about benefits. We have and much more. But now when we start in verse 3, what's going to happen? We got a little tribulation showing up. Okay? Now the tribulation here, by the way, the tribulation here isn't God trying to get you. Why? Because what's the first thing I have? I have peace with God. So when the car breaks down or the house burns down or I'm stuck in some big thing, it's not God trying to teach me something. Why? Because He ain't mad at me. He's not upset with me. By the way, how does He correct your behavior if you're into bad behavior? 2 Timothy 3.16 says He uses the Scripture to do it. So He's not going to come down over here and Make the winds change and the wildfire consume you up. All my stuff. It's gone. It's just stuff. Right? You follow that? It's the now the love of God, as we go down through in verse 3, 4, and 5, we begin to see some things here that, that we have, these three items here, these three benefits, because life is going to stink. And when life stinks, you need to understand that you have peace. You have an access point to go in and to understand. What does 2 Corinthians 4 tell us? The suffering of the present time is but for a what? A moment. But it works for us a more, far more exceeding in weight of what? Now I've got a hope. I'm going to rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Now I have a proper way to think about life. So, verse 1 and verse 2, we have. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have. God has completely changed our standing. Come over to Colossians chapter 1. Let's say it this way. Maybe you're not catching it. Folks, this stuff is wonderful. It gets to be exciting because when you look around... And you kind of you get bummed out about life, and yet, man, you come and read this, and, and it's like, forget life, man. This is, you know, that's the one thing about going hunting, except now Verizon, I get two bars up there. So it's like, oh, man, I didn't have Internet or anything before, and now you get in the camp, and you got two bars, and you're like, oh, I can read my emails. That's not good, <laughs> you know, delete, 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 hide, 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 <laughs> keep for later. Colossians chapter 1, verse number 12, giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son. He took you out of darkness, the satanic control of your, in your life, He changed your citizenship from old man to new man and put you into the kingdom of his dear son. We have. So because of that, we're able to then go and to deal with the things that come our way. And that's what verse 3, 4, 5 are going to begin to deal with us. Folks, God the Father has equipped us so completely, so totally, that he has satisfied all of your needs. The psychiatry stuff out there, when you get into reading about man and how men men are, that issue about secure love, there's the peace. That issue about a significant purpose in life, People don't, half of the problems that are going on in our country today is because these young people have no purpose in life yet. They just don't have it. They don't know how to get it. They don't understand it. They were never trained properly in their upbringing. None of that. Whatever it is. So who's going to give it to them? Well, it's going to fall on the church, the body of Christ, to do it. The problem is the church, the body of Christ, is weaker than they are. Because they've left Paul. They've left the King James Bible. Get off my soapbox. Then, also, that issue of a secure hope. So, we have peace with God because the penalty of sin has been paid, we have access into this grace because the power of sin has been broken. And we rejoice and hope of the glory of God because the presence of sin will one day be removed. The three important benefits of our justification. Right now we're learning about our standing in Christ. The framework is being built. Then we'll come in in chapter 6, 7, and 8 and we'll begin to learn about our state. And we'll begin to fill in the details. All of this is a walk of faith. Everything by faith, by faith, by faith. Okay? Wonderful chapter. A marvelous chapter here. And I'll be honest with you, it's the security chapter. Romans 8 isn't about eternal security. It's about something else. This is about security. Because you know what he did? He provided everything you need right there. Okay? All right. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the morning, Lord. We thank you for your word, for the study, for the look at the scriptures here, and for the peace that we have and the access that we have and the hope that we have because of who we are in you. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. See